0: This is a podcast about music if you really love music. Let's Welcome to In a state. I'm in a state. I'm in a state. I'm in a state. This is Porter Block in New York City. Welcome to In Podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of welcoming singer Addie McDaniel to discuss her musical pursuits, past and present, her debut solo record, After the News, which has just been released. Addie's voice has been called a powerhouse and brass-plated, describing a very carefully constructed musical instrument, which it is. But in order to do what she does and do it so effortlessly and with such consistently great results, I'm guessing her technique is only part of the equation. Addie's one of those singers who truly inhabits the content of her characters and her performances, and that's the mark of a great singer.
1: She can sing
0: and emote all kinds of music, a lot of which is contained on this record. Traditional folk, pop, standard jazz, Afro-Cuban, blues, Americana, show tunes, cabaret... Prior to this release, she was part of an innovative duo called Addie and Jackie, which consisted solely of her voice and the incredible harp playing of Jackie Carrad. The duo released three records, all of them pretty much transformative works in terms of music, arrangements, and production, and probably unlike anything you're going to hear on Top 40 Radio. The duo performed in venues as varied and storied as Carnegie Hall and the Apollo Theater and got a great deal of attention. But now she's got her first solo release, Adding McDaniel, welcome to In State Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a kind and lovely intro.
0: <laughs> you grew up in Florida in a very musical household. I know this sounds simplistic, but is there something that you can remember or someone uh, who you heard that gave you the idea that you could stand up and sing in front of an audience?
1: Yeah, I feel very lucky to have grown up with parents who had a pretty fantastic musical taste, in my opinion. Um, it was quite customary to have a range of anywhere from Tom Waits, Joni Mitchell, Leonard Cohen, um, Bruce Coburn. A lot of these voices I grew up hearing from a very, very early age, and I'm very grateful for that because I think it had a huge role in the way I um, kind of interpret... Music and and I just so uh, respect and appreciate their writing styles. Let me stop and it right
0: there. As a parent, I just want to say thank you. Um, <laughs> that's a wonderful thing to say. Uh, and a number of guests I've talked to specifically talk about rating their parents CD. I guess it was CDs. You're yeah, quite records a young person. Too. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, they got it, all this stuff that they wouldn't otherwise have gotten their hands on and it colored their tastes. In an interview, you described yourself as an old soul, which I find very sad because you're very young, Um, and that singing is, quote, a search for answers of some kind of truth. Singing helps channel pain and hurt into transformative works of beauty, end quote. You have lots of range of things that you can do with your voice. How did you kind of um, find the way to each one of those sounds?
1: I think a good guess because i'm not really sure but i would say i can recall loving imitation i used to love to imitate other singers so i would put on a record and try to emulate and really just nail whatever it is they were doing you know so i i just love that and i'm sure that that definitely comes into play here um to the old soul piece i would say that i think from the age of Eight or nine I recently found Some journals Where I was writing Really like Heartbreaking Tragic poems About heartbreak So I don't know What like What that is You know I don't I, per- I believe in Past lives of some sort So maybe there was You know Something Something going on there But I did Kind of come into the world I think With a bit of That Heaviness or something
0: You went to Performing arts high school And you've done theater You've done off-Broadway mm-hmm. Fantastics I, I saw a bunch of um, musical theater that you did, um, that must've had some sort of impact, at least on the way your approach and your technique.
1: Of course. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I was also acting and performing, you know, from, from, yeah, high school it started to really sink in that. I loved taking on, um, another person's point of view, exploring that. And I think that translates, um, really well in a lot of cases to music. And so I really enjoy interpreting um, a point of view and, and a story, a narrative, and making it my own and trying to really embody what that experience is like or what that,
0: you know, what that's like. You covered House of the Rising Sun with Addie and Jackie. Mm-hmm. Most know the animals version or Dylan. There was a great Lead Belly recording and Woody Guthrie, but actually the melody dates back, I think, over 400 years. There's no real writer to that song, thanks to the work of Alan Lomax and others. There have been recordings, really, since the 1920s. You open that song uh, a cappella with a very guttural, almost um, gut bucket moan, I want to say. Did that come out of improvisation? Was that a production and arrangement choice that the two of you made? Was was someone else in the room who said, "You, you got to make this sound," you know?
1: No, it was uh, the two of us. We did do some digging into the history of the song itself and tried to you know, figure out where what the origin was and and exactly as you just described, figured out that the, the roots were pretty ancient and went back went back really far. So uh, that was. I think, a good jumping entry point for us. My mother, she was a tailor She sewed my new blue jeans And my father, he was a gambling man Down in New Orleans
0: Less Likely places: a Craigslist Story is another Addie and Jackie song and album which seems to take its lyrical content from a Craigslist post made by a single woman in Arizona, and you guys developed it into a full-on album with that as its broad theme, which is pretty ambitious. How did that come about, the recording, the writing? Did you record it live?
1: The initial version was a studio recording, so that was the very first song we ever wrote together. Um, And it um, it sort of blossomed into this beautiful collection of songs, and we then decided to record them in a studio. We did later make a live recording um, that includes that song. Um, But it was the most organic, um, very special writing process that. I've been a part of it was really the beginning of my own experience writing songs in collaboration with Jackie It was was really
0: special your songwriting with Jackie. What was that like? That was new for you.
1: Yeah, that's really where where it all started it was a big catalyst and um, Kind of embarking on really taking ownership of that. I think as you just said I I was definitely toying with the idea I think we both were for a long time and um I developed a friendship working in the Fantastics together and kind of expressed that we both wanted to write our own stuff, and um, that's that's kind of how that was born.
0: You covered Elmore James, a song called Dark and Drury, which I love. It's one of my all-time favorites, in an all-star recording tribute called Strange Angels in Flight with Elmore James. And the kind of atmosphere on that track reminds me a little bit of this new record. We'll talk about that. Um, acoustic guitar stand-up bass violin it's almost a sort of depression era arrangement um and it's great the violin alternating against your vocal um which works perfectly tom jones is on that record kev Moe, shelby lynn how did that all come about that sounds like a pretty interesting project to be involved in
1: yeah, that was uh, an incredible experience. Um, that was my first collaboration with Tom Searing um, and Marco Giovino, who uh, produced the record. So they had I em- didn't even know that, so you yeah. see I, I was right. That, <laughs> it, it that was the beginning, and then they had asked me to be a part of this upcoming album, After the News.
0: All right, so uh, let's talk about After the News. Um, this is a new record. It was just released most of the songs are written by Tom Searing, who you just mentioned, and that's mm-hmm. very interesting to me. What was the artist and repertoire process? I mean, being now a songwriter and a mm-hmm. singer, did you kinda raid his catalog and say, Oh, this one I want this one and that one, or did you go through a kind of discussion of what what you wanted to say and then mm-hmm. s- started to create the songs? How did it how did that all come about?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. There were um Quite a few to choose from, and, and so the three of us—Tom, Marco, and myself—put um, together and kind of curated this list that seemed like thematically lived in the same world and kind of explored these themes of loss and um, were a lot of them centered around a personal loss and experience that Tom had experienced. And so we um, we just were looking for songs that aligned in that way. We actually. Recorded, it was in uh, several sessions, but we did get—I think it was half the songs were recorded all together, so it was live. Um, and that was an experience I'd never had before, kind of doing, um, you know, just a few takes, and we're just really capturing this sense of spontaneity and this kind of life that was was new to me and it was incredibly exciting. And
0: you chose a song uh, by Andrew Bird which happens to be the single in the video, Are You Serious? For people who don't know, he was a member of the Squirrel Nut Zippers. He's a pretty prolific writer. Why, why that song and why Andrew Bird?
1: My sister turned me on to Andrew Bird um, several, I mean, many years ago. I've been a huge fan forever. And at the time we were recording this album... Um, I, I I don't know. I sort of had this this very strong sense that this this is one of the tunes we should we should be including. And I think, as you had mentioned, kind of capturing that world or that sound of um, what we had recorded on the on the Elmore James uh, recording. That uh, it was just so fun to kind of play in that uh, with some of those colors, and and it just it would seem like the the right fit. I'm such a I'm such a fan. I love him.
0: You also um, talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit about Sorry, hmm. um, which is, uh, I think, a, a, a little bit maybe more accessible hmm. from a pop perspective. Talk about that song.
1: Sure. Similarly, I think um, at the time I was going through a breakup, you know, it's it's a little cliche, but it certainly felt like, um, you know, the, the narrative and the song particularly what felt very vivid to me um these images of sort of showing up at someone's house why am i here um what am i doing here this sort of feeling of wandering and and trying to process um just this person no longer being part of your life um so it was very very therapeutic in that way
0: I saw uh, maybe on Instagram that you were rehearsing for, you're going to be doing a a showcase gig. In the rehearsal, it was an acoustic guitar, it was a djembe. Any thoughts on how you're going to present this stuff live?
1: Yeah, we're exploring a sort of pared-down arrangement. We were invited to perform it um, in the City Winery Cellar Sessions. And so we got some, for that specifically, they needed a very pared-down setup. So while we had previously obviously on the record and we'd performed uh, with a more extensive setup and lots of electric guitars. This was um, an acoustic set, and it seemed to really fit the, you know, the kind of tone, and, and it was a fun way to let these songs kind of take a new, you know, take a new shape, and, and it's been really fun exploring that. So I think that we will continue to perform in that configuration.
0: I think you added a mandolin. I heard you wanted to, to play mandolin.
1: Yes, um, oh gosh, yes
0: Just make sure you try to write everything in G or D Otherwise you're, <laughs> you're fucked um, Do you write on piano, guitar? How do you kind of approach writing your own songs?
1: Yeah, both Unfortunately, I don't play any instrument well enough Or at least not yet to feel comfortable doing it live in front of people So um, at this point, I because I have a basic understanding of piano and guitar um, I use them both to kind of construct basic, uh, form and, um, the lyric writing obviously is, is easier in that regard. I think I just wanted to say one thing to speaking to, um, you'd mentioned a few times just sort of how sad you feel about the, the kind of tone on the record and, and how it really does kind of explore this darkness. And there's these, these quotes of, of speaking to that, but I, I really sincerely feel like this was a gift to be able to take on a point of view of somebody later in life and kind of look back. It's not often that you get an opportunity to really sit with those questions really like let them sink in like oh we're all going to die you know like people that you love are going to die and I've I find that just so compelling and powerful and how it informs how you live your life now and and I just really feel like it was a it was a blessing and while it may have been intimidating at the beginning um, I really just feel deeply grateful to have explored that at this time in my life.
0: Addie McDaniel is way too young to be speaking in such existential terms, but I got to admit, she really does put you through the ringer on this record. So many different styles are covered, but the uh, emotional center is kept. So bravo to her. And I want to thank her for coming out onto InState Podcast. Uh, this is Porter Block Podcasting from New York City. You can listen to my music on any streaming service you prefer. And uh, thanks for listening. We love when you do. Please comment uh, on inestatepodcast.com or Facebook or any place that you listen. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening to this, you're in a state.